Welcome back to the Talking Thomas podcast, your podcast for all things Thomas and Friends related, Shining Time Station, the Railway Series, etc. I'm Orion. And I'm Tony. And today we will be discussing the third one-hour family special of Shining Time Station. We have already discussed the first two, Once Upon a Time and Second Chances. And today we'll be discussing one of the family. Yes, uh, which I didn't really know existed until I was a teenager. I had seen um, the I had seen the first two and the fourth specials. Uh, probably within a day or so of when they were premiered on PBS back in 95. I didn't actually know anything about this one until I was a teenager. So the early hmm. 2000s. Yeah, and, and myself, as I've discussed in the other commentaries, I, I was not familiar with any of uh, any of these and really much of Shining Temptation until I became a, a Thomas fan later on. Um, right. Uh, since it was a bit before my time. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll dive right in here so you can get um, whatever method you have of, of watching this um, available. And uh, you can go ahead and pl- press play now. So as, as we've discussed previously, I really do like the way that they have Mr. Conductor doing things across the titles for the for the series of specials. It's it's just, you know, it's it's a really cute addition to it. And yeah, you know, it's it you know, it, it makes these episodes different right off the bat. True, yeah, and uh, this is um this is a nice uh a nice overall uh special, I think. It is. Um, now, r- right from the beginning of this special, uh, we, we never get an official send-off to Dan. Uh, he's just sort of there in second chances, and then in one of the family, he's not. And the only real thing we get is at the very beginning of this, Mr. Conductor is writing him a letter, and uh, the excuse for him not being there is that he's away at camp. Um, so, I don't know, I, I just found that interesting. Um and I guess it kind of made sense because I don't know. I, obviously, at some point when they were writing these, they had to have known that Ari Madger was going to leave the series for various reasons. I No one really knows why. But uh, he did leave the series and was replaced by uh, Bucky Hill as Kit. And so I, I guess it made sense in a way, but I, it would have been nice to say goodbye to Dan because, you know, when the previous kid characters left, we at least had the transition. And I guess you could say Second Chances was a transition, but we didn't really know that it would be a transition, whereas in Scared Airs, we kind of did. So, Right. And uh, Kid has had a haircut since we last saw him. I was going to mention that um, because... This, well, well, again, growing up, I had only seen uh, the first two and then Queen for a Day uh, of the specials. And so the the jump where suddenly Kit had a different hairstyle in, uh, in Queen for a Day, you know, always kind of made me wonder, oh, what's that all about? But I guess that that hairstyle premiered in this episode. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's again, you know, kind of a nice, um, just like the last one with, um, uh, well, with the first one, Once Upon a Time, right. with, you know, kind of a, a historical celebration and then second chances with a, you know, local baseball mm-hmm. little league. And then this one with a, you know, soapbox derby race. Uh, it's just, you know, just classic Americana, like they did. They, you know, that's the kind of stories that they like to tell throughout China Time Station and particularly in the, in the one hour specials, but, um, but man, Jonathan Shapiro is uh, way too old to be playing this part at this point. <laughs> he is, he's, he's about the age Mara Wilson was in uh, Magic Railroad, far too old. And we all know how well that's exactly. Um, I mean, but, but it's, it's okay, I guess, because, you know, at least he's not that much of a main character, although in the specials, even though he's not listed as a main character, 
Steamy kind of is for at least the um, at least second chances and uh, this one, one of the family. Yeah, this is a nice. This is I like this little chase <laughs> with the the, uh, the derby car. It's, it's fun. cute. I, I do like this. It gives a little bit of action to the story, you know, which Chinatown Station was never very um, action heavy, or you know, a lot of just kind of standing around and talking, right. and singing, or and listening um so it's a nice change of pace well it's interesting in that each of with the exception of second chances each of these one hour specials has a chase of some sort um you know there's uh of course ned uh trying to catch the runaway train in once upon a time uh then in second chance doesn't really have a chase but the action is more baseball-y and then uh, this one has a couple of chases, which we'll get to as we go on, and then Queen for a Day we'll get to when we do that one. But there is at least one chase that I can think of in that one. Right. So. And here we have another, you know, a nice mention of um, of her grandpa, Harry. Yes. Of course, um, Harry from season one, who, who hasn't been back since then. Right. Um, and they don't really mention very often, if ever, really, that... Um, that they're related other than maybe other than her introduction i suppose i, I was going to say scare dares was the last uh introduction that i know of of ha- mention rather of harry uh he wasn't even referenced when they went back in time and how the station got its name uh it, it's it's rather interesting in that neither billy or uh, harry were around um when i mean obviously harry came shortly after stacy first reopened shining time but when they go back in time, one of Billy's relatives is, you know, the carpenter for Shining the Time Station. But that's another story entirely. But I just found it interesting that Harry didn't even get a mention there. And that w- would anyone, unless season one was being shown in repeats at this time, would anyone really remember Harry? Yeah, I mean, pr- probably not, um, considering there was no season one VHS release. Right. Um, that that anyone would have been you know watching or rewatching, other than ones that you know perhaps parents had taped for their children off of PBS. Well, yeah, but... the only season one episode that was on VHS was "Tis a Gift," and that was technically between seasons, and Harry had already left by that point. Right. So. And here we are back at the. Uh back at the station here but it's it's nice to see harry again. it's very nice to see harry yes um you know i i don't think i appreciated harry enough back when i was first watching season one but um you know i i i don't know why but i've always preferred billy to harry for some reason but i i do like harry as a character especially in this episode no yeah absolutely i agree and uh and I mean, and he looks great in this in this episode oh, yes. too. He's clearly um, lost quite a bit of weight since in the six years that have passed since uh, season one. Yeah, he he does look like he's doing well. Yeah, um, uh, it's a shame that we no longer have Leonard Jackson with us, of course. Right, um, and uh, this is nice nice little scene here where he's kind of tidying up the the workshop. Right. I did like um, at, in his introduction where he, uh, you know, says the famous line, there's just something about this place, which, you know, that was a thing that he and Stacy said quite a bit in season one. And they kind of got away from saying that. I mean, I know they said it a few more times throughout seasons two and three, but they kind of got away from saying it. They said it all the time in season one, though. Uh, absolutely. They, they kind of beat that one to yeah, death. Yeah, so it was, but, but it was kind of nice after... I mean, the last time they would have said it was the season three finale. And so it was kind of nice to hear, especially coming from Harry, there's just something about this place. So. And of course, you know, I always think it's interesting when uh, new chair, when, when season one meets the other seasons. And so this, any of the scenes between Billy and Harry, I think are great. In fact, all of Harry's scenes are fantastic in this one, I think. Mm-hmm. And you really feel bad for um, 
he really felt bad for him that no one's listening to him and, and that he can't uh can't really get a hold of anyone. Yeah, that is sad, isn't it? Yeah. And as we've said before, of course, uh, each of the one hour specials did have a celebrity guest, be it a minor celebrity or otherwise, uh, of course. uh, And this is no different. And the special guest for this episode is Terry Jar as sister conductor. Yes, and she's a a lovely um, guest. For this one, and I and I love the idea of having it, it's it's such a fun name, sister yes. conductor, um, and uh, very clever. And I love that she flies an mm-hmm. airplane. Um, she's she's a great character, oh, yeah. and Terry Gar's very good in this. Oh episode. yes, definitely. Even if the the blue screen stuff here, green screen, whatever, is a little. <laughs> But Not that's the best. The charm of Shining Time Station. It's it's better than it is sometimes on the real show because, on the main on the show proper rather, because you know even before the one hour specials they had some dodgy green screen. This is actually a slight improvement over some of it. True. There's just something about this crappy <laughs> green screen. Yes, yes, there is. I do like that her um, her sound of her sparkling away or yeah, you know, whatever you want to call it um, is, uh, is a different. That is good, isn't it? Pitch. It's a nice little idea. And that's interesting because each of the conductors does have a slightly different sound. Cause I, I do recall that they changed the tone slightly uh, in season two. And then uh, the evil twin uh, had a different, uh, had a sort of a warped whistle sound, and now Sister Conductor does have sort of a lighter tone whistle. True. So, so it's nice that they do change the whistle uh, depending on, uh, or the sparkle effect rather, uh, based on who's uh, the conductor. So if I'm correct, because he didn't appear after um, Is This the End, this would be the first time that Leonard Jackson and Erica Luttrell worked together. I mean, they do work well as grandfather and granddaughter, I think. Uh, it's as interesting because we're so used to seeing Harry with Tanya. And so it's, yeah. Right. But, uh, but I, I do think that uh, Leonard Jackson and Erica Luttrell work well together. Mm-hmm. It's probably the happiest he's been in any episode <laughs> in this episode. I was going to say, I don't remember Harry being this chipper. Not I really. Mean, he, he, was all, he, he was not necessarily an angry person, but he was always very down to earth and very, um, very matter of fact about everything. But he's, he's all smiles in this, or at least this, this far into the episode. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I think that nice little trophy. Oh there. yes, that's a very nice trophy. But, but what I was saying was, I think that that might be part of why I like Harry so much in this episode is that he's he's not as strict as he was in uh, in season one. He's definitely mellowed with age, right? You have to wonder if people in the town of Shining Time get sick of everything being about trains. You know, uh, that's a good that's a good point actually, because I mean, obviously, when when you live in a railroading town, 
a lot of stuff does revolve around that, but you have to wonder, I suppose. So this episode, I suppose, would be um, would make Sister conducted the second person to have been inside the jukebox. True. As you know, we had Mr. Conductor in in uh, Second Chances, and now both of them. I do like Dee Dee being protective of Mr. Conductor while while his sister is telling embarrassing stories about him. Yes, a nice nice uh, follow through from the previous episode. For for all our talk in previous episodes about. Um, about continuity issues, uh, the specials do seem to have fairly decent continuity between them, uh, surprisingly. The the show itself was never huge on continuity. I mean, it kept the same basic uh, rules for the most part, but um, continuity was never at strong suit, so it's nice to see a bit more continuity now. Yeah, I like this. I like that she sings and dances. Yes. It's it's fun. Wish Mr. Conductor had sung and danced. Well, especially when he was Ringo. I mean, I know that he played the drums in that one scene, but um Yeah, that I I mean, I I think had he played it later, they might have, you know, found a, an organic way to get him inside the jukebox and played a song or something. Right. But no, it's I. I think Terry Gar did great in uh, in all of her scenes, but this scene in particular is a highlight of the episode for me. Yeah, absolutely, and it, and it is her singing. Yeah, as far as I know, yeah, I, I, I can't see any reason why they wouldn't have had her singing if if they you know wrote for her for Sister Conductor to do a number. I in all of the research that I've done, and I you know I haven't done a whole lot, but in in what I have done, I can't see anything that says that it isn't her. Right. A nice little outfit there, <laughs> Mr. Conductor. The maitre d' outfit. As the, the waiter. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Indeedy on the skateboard. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of fun things with the jukebox in, in the specials. Well, they, they, they do a lot of fun things with the show in general in these specials. Uh, but particularly the jukebots get to do a lot of fun things. Mm -hmm. I don't remember how far that song goes back. And I know that this is not, of course, the original, but I, the, the version that I'm most familiar with is by Linda Clifford, even though I, I know that that's far from being the first version of it. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's just a really nice song, you know, and it's nice to have, it, it's nice to have someone else perform with the jukebox. I think that's one of the only times that another character from the series performs a song with the jukebox, aside from in Tis a Gift. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, other than you know, like the um, uh, whatever the name of the mice, uh, the rat rats pack. are in. Uh, yeah, the rat pack. Yeah, but I, I like this. I like the fact the fact that she flies a plane. It's just a nice. Again, it kind of opens up Shining Temptation a little bit. I mean, that was the whole point yes. of these specials, really. But but that particularly opens up the world of of, of the mm. conductors. And the jukebox in that getting them out doing something other than just being, even though the rest of the characters are out and about around the town, the other characters are still stuck where they are. But this is nice that they found an organic way to have them go out of their normal uh, habitats. It is. And I think that so far, this is the third, well, this is the second time that we've seen them outside of the jukebox. Uh, 
but if in a technical sense, it's the third time we've seen them outside of the station because, you know, obviously in in uh, one in once upon a time the jukebots was in a junkyard for a short time, but then in second chances they were in a popcorn machine, and you know, uh, it's it it is good to see them outside of uh, the jukebox. Right. And it's just nice to see Mr. Conductor interacting with someone else of his own yes. size. Um, at, you know, outside of talking to the adults or talking to the children um, or the jukebox, it's nice to just see him talking to someone kind of on his aside own. Aside from, you know, himself, <laughs> which he's done a few times. Right. Absolutely. But no, I, I know what you're saying. It is it is good to, to, to get another character in there that he can interact with that's on the same level as him and you know, that's also working with a green screen and such as that, but, um, you know, so it's, it is, it is cool. Well, and quite interesting too, that he tells his, um, you know, that he tells the Thomas story to not a child. He's done that a few times. Um, I know that he's told the adults a few of the stories before. Um, I, I forget. Yeah. I remember him telling Stacy. Right. And there was, there was one where he told where he tells Billy one as well, I think. Um, but it is interesting to hear him tell his sister one, and it's it, it, the 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 episodes where he doesn't tell a story to the kids or tells a story rather to to someone other than the kids always sort of stand out to me as being different. And this, of course, is the episode Toad Stands By from yep. season four. A great episode, and we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> is, um, is there really a bad but... episode in season four, though? <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, but it is a great episode, and I, I don't, like with the others, I don't know that there was a great way to tie this into the overall, overall uh, theme of the episode, but they had to get it in there somewhere, somewhere, how, and this is not a bad episode to put in, you know. Not at all. And I like the way that he introduces the story, you know, about a toad, a brake van named Toad. Yes. It's kind of fun. It is. And it's interesting actually that this is this is the third of the one hour specials, and we're finally getting a non-narrow gauge episode, uh, which which in a sense fits because you know season four of of Thomas and Friends was half narrow gauge, half standard gauge, whereas you know the and the one hour specials again half narrow gauge, half standard gauge. Technically, one could argue that um, uh, Stephanie's special is a standard gauge episode, and that it is, but it also features one of the narrow gauge characters, whereas this doesn't feature any, to my knowledge. True, yeah. I've always found it really weird that I hadn't seen this episode. And, you know, I, I, I can honestly say that until I was a teen, I hadn't seen every episode. So I guess it's not that weird. But I, I don't know, because I, I had, my parents had recorded the um, Once Upon a Time, Second Chances, and Queen for a Day. So I don't know, maybe they just forgot to tape this one, or I don't know. It's, it's just kind of odd, I, I think. And even odder, I, I would think that I didn't really know about this. Now I say that, of course we're probably under the impression that the one hour specials likely weren't rebroadcast all that many times. Cause as I've said in previous one hour special commentaries, it's a lot easier to put in a half hour episode than it is to try to split a one hour episode into two or fill a one hour slot where you would only usually have a half hour show. So. Especially for a show that was kind of on the outside. Yeah. 
I mean, not, not that, not, not that it wasn't doing well, but you know, it had been a hit in season three, but that had still been two years before this. So. And it, it always makes me wonder if, you know, if they had just decided to do what they had did later um, with, uh, yes. the, the hit era later on and broadcast full segments of Thomas just as right. itself for half an hour, multiple episodes mm-hmm. strung together. Um, it, it, I, if, I feel that would have been a better way. I mean, obviously totally. Thomas was hugely successful. It didn't really matter, but um, but I just wonder if that had continued and, and would ne- right. have never gone off the air. Well, that's what they America. tried to do with Mister Conductor's Thomas Sales. I mean, they did have, of course, the segments with Mister Conductor in between, but you know, uh, it, his segments were at most like a minute or two in length, and then on to the next story. And so, you know, it's. Um, I, I th- then again, Mr. Thomas Thomasdale's only lasted six episodes, so who knows? True, and I mean, at that point, there were so many videos already released that there right. wasn't much point, <laughs> you know, really in, in doing that's, that. That's very true, yes. The videos were so lucrative, I mean, for um, for the Brett Alcroft company and later Gullane, um, right, and Hit. Um, but you know they were some of the best-selling videos for children ever in yes. America. So you know in terms of TV, yes. so not much point in, in putting the same episodes on TV, um, and especially as PBS was um, moving to develop their own whole channel of PBS right. kids. which I think launched sometime in the late nineties, early two thousands. I want, I, I think it's so. early two thousands, but nice little scene here between Mr. Conductor and Dee, Dee in the dressing room. And it's one of the few times that we get a scene where there's only one member of the jukebox puppet band in a scene. I mean, obviously with another character that is an oddity in itself, but but the fact that only one of them is in this scene, one of the Jukebox characters, rather, it's interesting. I agree, and I like that she has a little picture of Mister Conductor on her. On her <laughs> I was going to comment on that. I think it's that's yes, funny. It is very nice. And of course, here we have one of the main conflicts, which, of, you know, obviously, when you've been in a job for so long, everyone has their own way of doing things. So, you know, it's it's only natural that um, you would want to do things your own way. And obviously, Harry and Billy are two very different people. So it, it does make sense, I suppose, that, you know, Harry is so set in his ways and so is Billy uh, that that they would come into a bit of conflict. But, uh, you know, it's, I, it's, it's an interesting one. And it's, it's a more adult conflict, I'd say, than, um, than most of the other Shining Time ones have been. Uh, It's, aside, outside of the one hour specials, it's very rare that the adults in general were, I mean, with a few notable exceptions, it's rare that the adults were the ones in conflict, except for with Steamer, maybe. But uh, to have an adult conflict that didn't involve Schemer was a fascinating idea, I think. Well, I agree, but the but that really is the root of the, is. the issue with Shining Time Station and yes. and these specials in general, um, these oh, yeah. specials particularly, I should say, is, is that they it's really unclear who this is for because suddenly if you're if you're a family sitting around watching these specials and you're like oh this is a nice family show and then it's interrupted by two five minute segments that are for preschoolers it feels very out of place and very odd um 
even though that's the whole purpose of the show is to introduce Thomas. Um, but it, that's that just right. therein lies the problem of of the whole concept of Shiny Tom Station, which is the problem with Thomas of the Magic Railroad in general as well. So it just doesn't. It's not clear who the audience right. is because older kids will not sit through something that focuses right. on Thomas. And the younger kids are going to be bored by the stuff that interests the older kids and adults. The, the parents oh, yeah. who are no, paying the, to the, watch There's it. no denying that there are faults with the idea of the one-hour specials and, to a larger extent, Magic Railroad and the show in general. I, but And you're right. This Who is this for? Um, obviously, they're called family specials. And so I guess there is something for everyone. But at some point, you know, how much is how how much is too much and how much is just enough? You know, I mean, because we we do have the two Thomas stories and that's great, but there have been half hour episodes where they've shown two Thomas stories. And so, you know, would, you know, is there a happy medium and could there really ever have been a happy medium? Because by this point, Shining Time had kind of almost outgrown itself. Um you know, I think the specials are very evident of that. I love the specials. I think that they're some of the best Shining Time material we've gotten. But that being said, they're also some of the more, uh, not necessarily problematic, but they have issues. No, I, I agree. Um, now, we just we, we, we just uh, miss a, a funny scene with uh, Sister Conductor using magic to uh, uh, to play some pranks on jb king mitch smoot and jenny very true and also mr conductor i that, that was funny with the hat i thought so yes now this is the harry i'm more familiar with right not, not that he was a sad man in season one but he was more low-key i should say So that's a nice little line there. You know, it doesn't work. It hasn't worked in a long time. Not the most subtle of uh, writing, but uh, but certainly. Yeah, uh, Shining Time reading. Station is not known for its subtlety, as I'm sure as I'm sure our listeners are aware. Now, I really like this performance as well. I think that this is. Uh, beautiful song in fact all of the jukebox's performances throughout the specials have been fantastic but this one this one's really good yeah. i agree yeah i like this song quite a bit the the the, the music oh, choices yes. in this have been quite good And, you know, a lot of times, as an adult now, rather, when I'm watching these, uh, it, it, I'm sometimes inspired to go back and find the, uh, you know, a version of it uh, that's not quite, you know, obviously, it's, it's very unfortunate, I feel, that a soundtrack outside of the Lullabies cassette tape was never really released. Uh, the, and so I, because I think a lot of the Jukebots puppet band performances uh, were great and I, I wish that more of them were available than are and so sometimes I'm inspired to go look for the actual song that they're doing a cover of uh, I don't recall I don't recall who did this song there's someone that we knew once that would probably be the first person to point it out to me but we haven't heard from them in years so that's okay But either way, really good song, I think. And I love this scene. Yeah. 
just the other 18 inch person who hangs yeah, around this town of course you know a nice little reference <laughs> to the original mr conductor there so true it's just funny that he doesn't uh like he wasn't shocked at all that this person just well, you know, after working at Shining him. Time for a year, I I don't think much surprises Harry anymore. It because is. it's a place unlike any other, I guess. <laughs> and they'll never let you forget. No, it. no, they won't. Yeah, I really like Terry Gar in this. I think she's she's probably she's my favorite guest star. You know, I, I think she's very good. Um, you know, I, I think all of the special guests have been good uh, myself. But uh, uh, yeah, Terry Gar is is really good. And, you know, she only has one scene with Leonard Jackson, but it's one of the scenes that really stuck out to me as well. You know, I mean, uh, obviously a lot of Terry Gar's scenes stuck out, but I think the one with Leonard Jackson in particular was it was a nice it was a nice scene. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what she said. yeah I, I was going to say, um, and, and, and but the way she says no, she's very hesitant when she says no. It's almost like, it's almost like it's a question. Um <laughs> She is. Yeah, she, she's she over. Is. I mean, and you know, fair play to her. She's uh, Eric Elitrell is at least acting, whereas you know, um, there have been cases where the kids are not necessarily acting, and at least she still kind of is. Yeah. No. Yeah, I agree. She's, she's giving it some effort. And this, of yes. course, is the next Thomas episode, Thomas and the Special Letter, which is uh, one of the oh, best yes. episodes of the entire series. I think that's uh, pretty much a uh, consensus. Uh, for the most nowadays. part, there are some that would argue with that. Um, but I, I myself would agree that it, it's, a, it's a very good episode. One of the better episodes, I would say, definitely. Um, there's just something about this episode, not not to be funny, but there's just something about this episode that um, it's one that I sit down and will rewatch over and over and over again. If I right. say oh, I feel like watching Thomas right now, this might be one of the episodes I'll put on. I, I, I guess it was one I watched <laughs> a lot as a kid, probably, but but also I just I just happen to like this episode. There's just a vibe. Um, to it that is just so the two, wonderful. The, the first two season four VHSs, uh, which for us in the U.S. would have been Rusty to the Rescue and Thomas and the Special Letter, both of those VHSs are sort of go-tos for me. I mean, obviously, I don't have a VHS player, so I watch it either online or I think I've got, like, digital copies now. But, um, you know, a, a lot of season four in general is a go-to for me if I ever want to watch the show. So, uh, but yeah, I definitely agree that this yeah, it's same for me. Pretty much always season season four or season one are usually my go-tos for, yeah. for what I want to watch. Now, how exactly does this tie into the story? Um, that's a great question. Uh, I it's um. I, I think, and, and I'm going to be stretching here, so, so yeah, uh, if, if it doesn't entirely work, that's me attempting to explain something that is potentially unexplainable. I, I guess that because the, the conflict that Kara brings up is, you know, the issue that she's been having with her grandfather and Mr. Knutter is trying to teach her that Harry just wants to be included. Thomas gets into an accident and almost doesn't get to go to London, but at the last minute he does. And so he gets to be included. And I guess it's a moral about how everyone just wants to be included. I don't know. <laughs> Have you done anything better? So that's, that's what I would Not really. Um, they they really were just shoehorning <laughs> these in at the end, weren't they? 
listeners. Which is a shame that they're shoehorning in. Yes, exactly. The best they're, season now. Now in in the in in the next commentary that we do, there's one episode that's not shoehorned in because of the theme of that episode. No, but of we'll course. get to that yeah. the next time we do a shining time commentary. But you're right. It is. It is very unfortunate that the best season of uh, of Thomas, coupled with some of the strongest episodes in Shining Time, has to have the Thomas episode shoehorned in. And I would say you could make an argument for for a few of them, but I'd say almost half of them don't really fit with the sto- with the sh- with the episode that they're put in. Over half, in fact. Right. And it's it's interesting. I think that, um, you know, of course... Uh, they call these family specials and this really is the one that's about family more than anything you know I mean obviously family specials in that you know there's something for everyone but this really has more to do with families than anything else because of course there's Mr. Conductor's sister and then there's the whole thing between Kara and Harry um, and so it's it's nice that they that that in the series of family specials that they had one that really is about families. Yeah, I agree. And and really, the, the moral of the story. I mean, obviously, there is some moral for Kara and you know, and obviously Sister Conductor. But really, the ones that I think the one that I think learns more than anyone in this episode is Harry. And to a to a point, Mister Conductor himself, even. I mean, because he, you know, Harry learns that, of course, you know, not everyone is going to do things the same way, and that that's okay. And you know, um, there, I'm sure there's more to it than that that I'm blanking on right now. And you know, Mister Conductor also kind of learns that lesson. Uh, now that unsubtle line uh, pays off here with the watch. Yes. I always loved that the eyebrows <laughs> move on Those are um, great. Texan Rex. And Tito as well. Um, a lot of very unique eyebrow movements involving those three. And we have some more. I mean, um, really, the the family specials we feature more of the uh, of the magic yes. elements of Mister Conductor and Sister Conductor <laughs> in this case. Yeah. This is fun with uh, um, the, yes. the the cart. I mean, and as, as of course we've said in the previous two commentaries, the expanded runtime did give them a chance to go a bit more in depth, uh, not only with storytelling, but you know, with what they could do with the story. And as you said, it's exploring more of the magic side of Mister Conductor or the Conductor family in general. It was a nice touch, you know. I mean, because obviously we've seen him use magic dust before, um, you know, the the wishing star and other type of magic prints, but we see a lot more of it here and that's very nice yes and unfortunately we would see uh, a lot more of it in 
Uh, yeah. Thomas and the Magic Railroad. Yes, we would. It's interesting watching these watching these specials. Um, you can kind of see the you know the the thread and and the way that some of her Bert Allcroft's ideas were kind of. Um, I know. I mean, and I right. know that she didn't write these specials herself, yes. but she was clearly involved. Um, the general gist of that, and the further development of the characters, and specifically Mister Conductor and the Magic, is clearly um, headed towards its. Uh, final development in Thomas and the Magic Railroad. I do have this theory, and I think I talked about it a little bit in Once Upon a Time, but I do have this theory that the specials were kind of a testing ground for Thomas and the Magic Railroad. I I don't think it's any... I I don't think it's a coincidence that, you know, five years before Magic Railroad, there just happened to be a set of specials that featured a lot more of Shining Time and featured some experimental styles of plotting episodes that mostly involved humans, but also involved a little bit of Thomas. True. I like, um, I like schemer and schemies outfits with the dollar sign. Now we uh, were talking earlier, of course, about the chemistry between the actors. And I, even though Jonathan Shapiro is clearly too old for this, his chemistry with Brian O'Connor has not faded. No, absolutely not, and that's um, you know that's a a nice feature. It is interesting that Becky. Well, is yeah, I mean, especially episode. considering that she had such a huge part in the previous episode, because you know she had a lot to do with making Kit feel more welcome at the station. But now that you know, I I guess really each of the kids gets their own episode with the exception of Dan. Dan really doesn't have a huge part in either of the two specials that he's in. Um, Becky, even though Second Chances is more Kit's story, Becky still has a huge role. And then Kara gets the main storyline in, well, Kara and Harry get the main storyline in this episode. But really, each of the kids does get a bigger role, aside from Dan, in the specials. True. Yeah, absolutely. This is definitely Kara's episode but, all the uh, way. But no, uh, with, with with what you're saying, it is interesting that having such having such a large role in the previous special, it is interesting how little we see of Becky. And Brian O'Connor must have had a lot of fun mm. getting to do these larger set pieces. Right. As opposed to just minor little right. things I, on the soundstage. Brian normally. O'Connor, for, by all accounts, seems like a really fun guy. You know, he 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 seems like a really uh, fun guy. And, you know, it from what I've heard, a lot of the stuff was... So at least part of it might have been improvised by him, I would imagine, at least. So, I mean, obviously he, the writers would come up with things for Schemer to do, but a lot of the charm of Schemer is the way Brian O'Connor plays him, and so I'm sure that he had a great time. He looks like he's having a ball in all of these episodes. It's nice to see Mr. C in the plane as well. You know, after after most of the episode, he's sort of, you know, doesn't really understand his sister's, you know, um, fixation with planes. So it is nice to see at the end during the big climax that he does join his sister in the airplane. Sure. Oh, Billy changed his outfit. No, because because we were remarking <laughs> in um, in Once Upon a Time how you know everyone was in their Founders Day gear, but Billy was wearing the same outfit. How he always wears the same outfit. He's wearing a different outfit now. 
That's true. He was. Yeah, he was wearing a different it's, outfit It's more noticeable too. outside because, you know, it's, it, I, I don't know why, but it's such a big contrast to what he normally wears. You know, I think, you know, that and, uh, I don't know. There, I've, I've only just noticed it for some reason, but, you know, I, I don't know. That's, that's kind of cool, I think. little bit of DIY here with the the pin. Yeah. I really like Erica Luttrell's uh, performance she does. in this episode. She does, I think yeah. she does a great job. Of, of the four kids that are in the specials, would you say that Erica Luttrell is the strongest actor? Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I would say so. When 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 she's given the right. opportunity to 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 be the star, which is really only this episode. But uh, but yeah, true. But no, I, I would agree. Of of the four, she probably is the strongest actress. And again, these episodes all seem to have some sort of, with, with again the exception of Second Chances, which had baseball as its climax. Uh, these the specials all seem to have some sort of chase as a climax, and I think it works out really well the different sort of chases we have, you know. Absolutely, yeah. They really knew how to kind of you know, plot these to be a bit more exciting and. And this one definitely has a nice, neat um, structure to it. It's interesting, you know, like growing up, always saw tv shows and things like that with with soapbox derby races but no never heard of one have ever happening were they even a thing i i'm not sure that they were a thing i think that they were a thing that were that was perpetuated by um an older generation in writing tv shows and things like that but never actually happened anymore probably because of safety i mean you know with the age of of um you know Overprotective uh, parenting and things like that. I'm sure that that was that that kind of went, yeah, went by the wayside. I, I would say so too. Um, you know, it, but it's interesting in that I'm I'm sure there were at some point soapbox derby races, but they must have been before our time. And of course, you know, the people writing this would have, you know, Shining the Temptation is supposed to be timeless, but it is also very dated while being timeless. <laughs> It's it's so strange. It's it's such an anomaly in that it's supposed to be timeless, but in being in trying to be this timeless, it comes it it, it ends up being dated. And so, uh, but this is dated in a weird way in that even in the nineties, I don't know that soapbox derby races were a huge thing. No, and I, I like this. Um... I like this rendition of this yes, land is another very Americana piece of music. So. But it is a nice performance. Sorry, go on. A fun. Yeah, f- fun little maneuver, maneuver yes, um, with the the airplane there. It is kind of funny. I've always thought it was interesting how much Mara Wilson, particularly you know, in, in Thomas and the Magic Railroad, looks You're like right. Betty she does, doesn't she? At this time, and it's interesting, you know, if 
who who knows what what would have happened if Thomas yeah. Montgomery had been made earlier, if they had decided, had used that kind of thing. But but again, it's right. about you know um, familial bonds with Burnett and Lily, and you know it's everything that right. is kind I mean, of with the exception of the time played travel, out but, in these specials. You know, um, yeah, I, but you're you're very right in that. The Madrid does lift quite a bit from the one-hour specials. Um, so, with, with your point, are, are you suggesting that Daniel Marcot might have been a proto Lily, right, even playing Becky, at least in the specials? I, and yeah, that made sense. Now that uh, I think so. I, yeah. Well, yes. or at least each of the kids in their own way, kind of. But I mean, but you could see that. I mean, Very kind true. of see the same thing with Kit and Patch. Very true. I mean. But Daniel Marcotte does at least look similar at this age, at least to Mara Wilson. I have no idea what I have no idea what any of the kids look like now. I mean, we know what Mar, I know what Mara Wilson looks like now, but I have no idea what any of the kids from the series look like anymore. I know what Erica Luttrell looks like only because I um, I followed her on, on I believe right. I still do follow her on Facebook. Um, right. She's she is an actress um, still, I believe. I think Nicole Leach might still be as well. Yeah, and I know what Jason uh, Jason Wolander looks like. Um, sure, uh, because but, he's um, he's a writer but, now and Bucky director Hill and stuff. And Daniel Marcotte, I have no idea because I don't know that they. I think they've both retired from acting. But this is a nice end, mm-hmm. I think, with Harry and Kara. Yeah, I think so too. I, I like um, I, I really like Harry in this it episode, is. and I really like it's, the storyline in general. You know, it's, it's lovely. Um, it's it's a very it's very touching, and so is this this last scene with Mister Conductor and his sister. It's very sweet. I agree. But and to your point about about this being, you know, the building ground, how it takes a lot from how Madge Burrow takes a lot from the specials, the inclusion of another member of the conductor family as well, you know, because in Madge Burrow we have Junior, and here we have the sister. Right. And even if the animation there wasn't super top-notch, it is nice yeah. that, that the, the plane flies off into the sunset. But it, again, um, it just it's, I think it's quite jarring that, the, that these one-hour specials you know, they're so different, and yet they all end with. They do, the same and it's weird because everything else about the series is totally different. Even the opening is slightly altered, but um, you know, it it's it's weird that. But I mean, I guess I mean it the, is. It's just a great um, song, and might as well just keep it. It was. So yeah, that was uh, that was one of the family and uh, a nice special. I think it's a nice episode. And uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, that's I, probably I my favorite. Of I the think it's four a specials. very good special. Um, I'm not as familiar with it as I am uh, the other three, but I do think it's a very nice special. Um, I'm I'm sure if anyone's listened to our previous Shining Time commentary, they they'll know what my favorite special is, but. Um, uh, yes, but no, I, I do think it's a very good Without special. a doubt. And again, I like all four of them, but I do think this it was very well done and it's very touching. Um, and it's it's so nice that they brought back um, a character from the very beginning. And in a way, if if it if Queen for a day and um, e- even though the ending of Queen for a day is very nice, if Queen for a Day and this episode had swapped places, this would really feel sort of like a swan song to Shining Time Station because, you know, it has everything. It has, uh, you know, uh, it has Mr. Nutter. It incorporates some new stuff. It brings back Harry. And the ending is 
it, it's a very touching ending as well. And it just, I don't know, I, I almost feel like this could have been the final of the specials rather, you know, if, if it had been swapped places with Queen for a day almost. I absolutely agree. I think it's um it's great and and the ending particularly would have been a yeah a nice choice for the end of the end of the series. Yes. But uh, but yeah, so that was that was one of the family. Um thanks for listening. We uh, will be doing a, a commentary on Queen for a day here um coming up soon and I'll also have more Thomas commentaries yep. on the on the way, more railway series book discussions. And uh, but yeah, you can find us on Facebook, Talking Thomas, and also um, at uh, Twitter at Talking Thomas One, and you can also listen to us on Anchor, which is our home. Most of our listeners here listen to us on Apple Podcasts. We're also available on Spotify, yes. uh, Google Podcasts. So and yes, many uh, other podcast thank you platforms. very much for listening, and we'll see you next time.